week two without any John being here and I'm starting to wonder where in the world is John Man John Manand go and welcome back to Zero Credits the show where we talk about things my name is Henry and my name is Jamie and together we're Henry and Jamie coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of what is happening to John? This is a John-centric episode. He's not going to be in it. Just ripping that band-aid off now. But we're going to talk about where John is because it's now made national news. Yes, uh, reporters across the nation have completely thrown out any other breaking news stories to follow 24-7 updates of where is John? Because no one knows. No, we do. We know. We know where he is. <gasps> you know? We know for a fact where he is. It made national news. It made waves. There was It was like a, a reporter-heavy thing. But we know exactly where he is. We're going to get that to that a little later on in the episode, though. I just want people to know. We're, we are going to address it. That's all. I just... That's it. We're going to address it. Good. It's going to be addressed... And it, it's it's shocking because I he didn't give me any heads up that this is where he was going and this is what he was going to do. So I had to find out just like you guys when it broke. Right, right, right. Uh, but before we get to that, you know, we're just doing a little check in, a little check in. You know, uh, I guess Jamie, how have you been since last week? Well, let me think. Uh, is there anything I can say that you don't already know? Because we have uh, not I mean, left this apartment in a week. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean more so for the fans who are listening. Not me, your husband, <laughs> who, who we, you talk to every day. I mean, like, do you have anything going on that the fans might not know about since last week? When apparently you talked about Sondheim and Disney sing-alongs for 20 minutes straight? Well, I did watch the second edition oh. of Disney sing-along. Oh, no. Which apparently uh, materialized the day that I talked about it, and I did not get to include it. But uh, that is neither here nor there. You have heard enough about my thoughts of that, so I will not talk about the second she, overproduced volume of the Disney sing-along. She kept. She had follow-up notes to last episode that she just gave to me as conversation. I guess that's what it was. We were having a conversation. Yes, it wasn't... that's the, the thing that called when you were talking to your spouse. A conversation. Unfortunately, I think of everything in the frame of this podcast, so I was like, this is a good segment, but we're not recording, and I don't know if you're going to be on again. And then, lo and behold, you're here, but we've already had the conversation, and so we shan't, shan't be having it again. We shan't, we shan't be saying it again. Um, but yes, so the biggest development 
Um, I am getting on the, uh, well, a little bit. I'm getting on the home gardening train that so many people are on. Choo-choo! Bringing your dead plants into the station. Trying to turn them around. It's a steam. I, I heard it. I heard it. So a dead plant train? Is that like a... Yeah, yeah. It's called when you take uh, the pot that has been in front of your doorway with a dead plant in it for several months. It's definitely been since last... July, because I remember it had already been dead for a long time when we decorated it for Halloween and tried to pretend it was there on purpose. Uh, it is now... It was haunted. May of the following year. And so I decided to take out the dead plant and put in a nearly dead poinsettia plant instead. So here's hoping that grows back. Fun fact, did you know poinsettias are not red if they grow in the sunlight. Wait, what? No, hold on. I've been to Christmas. <laughs> I've seen a poinsettia. Lies. I've also had the drink. They are red. No, no. That only red happens when they grow them secretly in the dark places. Uh, if it gets light, then they turn green like a big leafy boy. And that is what I want. And I hope they come back to life. How does it grow without sunlight? It's a great question. I, I'm i going to be honest. I am reporting this secondhand knowledge. I don't know details. Wow, that is the first ever secondhand knowledge disclaimer on Zero Credits. Usually we just say... <laughs> We just say things, you know, from the top of our heads and claim it as fact and encourage our listeners, our, our dear fans, to look it up for themselves. But Jamie is now typing in Ponsetia. I am. Into Google to see what happens. She is the most avid researcher Zero Credits has ever seen. Our intrepid reporter, uh, Jamie, here with the story. Yes. Reporting live from growingagreenerworld.com to turn your poinsettias red again, uh, they not, need wait, total darkness total darkness. for 14 hours each day Wait for eight weeks, and then they will be red. <laughs> so not 14 hours, I mean, so not eight weeks of complete darkness. Just for 14 hours, they need darkness. Yes. Apparently, they need very bright light in the daytime, but then complete darkness the rest of the time. That sounds Even annoying. Even a nightlight can disrupt this process. So, like, wow. you probably have to, like, cover them. Like this a is, bird. This is, this is weird. This is weird. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I have planted those in hopes that they return... From the stems, which they are currently. And um, I also planted some really big flower bulbs that I got from my aunt, which I forgot about before Christmas, and I hope they're not dead. You said they were green on the inside. Oh yeah, they are green on the inside. So hopefully that those green insides can burst out like some type of weird sea cucumber and then grow upwards... Also like a sea cucumber? I'm not clear what happens after the sea cucumber vomits its organs out. 
I mean, that is how plants tend to work. They, natural evolution, the seed saw the sea cucumber and said, that is what I want to be. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. Mm Mm-hmm. Sea cucumbers were the start of the, the plant kingdom. Now is the time of the podcast where maybe you could ask me a question. I don't feel like it. Oh. But hey, let's have a let's have a conversation uh, where we say things. So, how about you tell me what you have been up to? Oh, okay. So you're doing the thing that I said you could do. <laughs> But you phrased it as though it was your idea. All right. Uh, what, it, what was the question? <laughs> Henry, why don't you tell the dear listeners what you have been up to? Well, I have been researching the whereabouts of one John. It turns out he's on the run, or he was, and now he's been captured. You see, uh, I came across this headline the other day. As soon as my phone's unfrozen. Alright, Austin native arrested after failed attempt to capture Venezuelan President Maduro. Oh no. This is a real thing. John, what have you done? Uh, a U.S. military veteran who was arrested Monday in what Venezuela officials have described as a failed plot to capture President Nicolas Maduro... Is an Austin native whose family members say they were stunned to see reports of his apprehension and are praying for a safe return. I mean, we are. We are doing that. Yes, yeah, so we are the family members. In, in, of course. <laughs> uh, in question, because John doesn't really have any family that lives here. Uh, but yeah, he's an Austin native. He's in, He's been captured by the Venezuelan government. Using... Uh... Because he was out over there trying to use all of his military skills, his veteran military his ve- skills. He, he's, he is a veteran of certain, what you might describe as a military, in that he often um, wore hats. <laughs> you know, his military hats that he would wear. Now, here's a, here's a secret... Uh, secret numbers, uh, I don't know, five or six. Something. Uh, zero credits. We use fake names on this podcast, and I'm about to reveal John's real name, uh, because this, I, I'm only doing this because it's on the national stage. Um, Venezuelan officials say Luke Denman, 34, was apprehended at gunpoint on a beach near the port city of La Guirara where eight others allegedly involved in the plot were killed by local security forces. Denman remained in custody Wednesday as U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo vowed to use every tool to secure his release along with a second military veteran who was also arrested, Aaron Barry. Man, Luke brought his whole posse. He brought... there, There were two... Americans in this plot to perhaps capture the the uh, president of Venezuela. One was, of course, an Austinite by the name of uh, Luke Denman, aka John, from this podcast, and the other one was a man from Florida. They Florida were Florida man. They were he was a Florida man. Uh, that that's a popular meme on the internet. Now here's the thing: 
Both of these people were ex-military. They, they had served their time, and now they were doing time as military contractor, contractors, which is to say, I think this is a fancy name for legal mercenary. Yeah, yeah, that seems about right. What You're just telling all of John's story. Why, are you sure this is okay? This is 100% what we're doing in this episode. This has made national news. I feel like protocols can be broken. All right. John's actual name is Luke Denman. He is currently being held custody by the Venezuelan government for apparently trying to overthrow the government. You know, I feel like if you get caught trying to overthrow a government and they catch you, that's what get caught means. Uh, <laughs> it's their legal right to, to detain you. To stop you from overthrowing the government. Like, it's, yeah. it's the natural move. I also feel like if uh, some other other national uh, resident was caught in America trying to overthrow the U.S. government, then the U.S. would not let them go just because the other country said, oh, no, hey, actually, we have the jurisdiction to say whether or not they were supposed to be in trouble. So I don't know what the states is thinking. I mean, I, for one, am hoping and praying for John's safe return. Right. As they reported. But I still don't quite understand why we are allowed to decide what is or is not a crime against a different country. That's not how laws work. Yeah, I mean, we can state that we are unhappy that U.S. citizens are being detained, but we can't deny that they were doing a crime. Right. Like, where do we state that we are unhappy that citizens bearing our nationality tried to do a crime? Well, here's the thing. Uh, They haven't done that. Uh, Although the the U.S. is among dozens of countries wanting Maduro ousted, Pompeo and President Donald Trump have insisted... Washington was not involved in the incursion and had no prior knowledge of it. The U.S. government recognizes opposition leader Juan Guido, Juan Guido as Venezuela's rightful leader and in late March indicted Maduro on drug trafficking charges related to alleged shipments of cocaine to the United States. Federal officials announced a reward of up to $15 million for information related to his arrest. So all the U.S. did was uh, say, uh, we didn't have any knowledge of it. We still want you arrested. (laughs) We still think you're a criminal. But just because there were Americans in your country trying to overthrow you, that doesn't mean we didn't order it. That yeah. was, it wasn't us. Yeah, we don't have a dog in this fight. We've just been actively calling for your arrest for several months. <laughs> Which is exactly your response. That would be your response if your spies got caught. It's like, oh, we have no idea what they're doing. James Bond? What is he doing in Mexico? Who? James who? What? <laughs> yeah, actually, no one's on the payroll by that name. Funny, huh? And so well, he's got like a badge that says he works for you. Oh, we don't use badges. He must have gotten that off like a, a website <laughs> for badges. He must have made it himself to trick you. What? What? I just don't get... How John could have gotten himself caught. I mean, he had skills. He had training. He apparently had a whole big team, a suicide squad, working together. 
And, uh, one, you didn't succeed. How dare. <laughs> Two, you got caught and besmirched us. How double dare. How did he, how did he besmirch us? His family! Oh. What? We were never besmirched. But his name, we are connected. Is this like a weird honor thing? Yes. Okay. The family name. Well, I'm just going to keep reading. Okay. <laughs> According to ABC News, Denman and Barry are associated with Silver Corp USA, a private firm founded by Jordan Gaudreau, an ex-Green Beret based in Florida who claimed responsibility for the incursion. Denman served in Iraq with Gaudreau. Gaudreau? Let me see. God Goudreau. 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 That's not a name. Goudreau, according to the comments the Canadian-born Goudreau made to the Associated Press. So they were working for a defense contractor, basically. Mm. It basically, they're mercenaries. I mean, there's no way around that. But who who is this Canadian-born Goudreau, and why did he decide that it was time to get... He was going after the $15 million. He was going yeah. after the $15 million not for the information. He was just going to deliver the entire president to the U.S. government and say, hey, we got him. Mm-hmm. That is some bullshit. You can't just capture world leaders even if you disagree with them. What? And is deliver it? them to other governments? But that's how every heist action movie works. You mean to tell me that that is not real life? Name one heist movie where they capture a government leader and deliver them to another government leader. Yeah, well, see, I don't watch a lot of those. You do, you so... Just, you're just saying stuff. You're not you're It just not seems real. like an action movie plot. Is anyway. what it does to me. So there's a follow-up article um, that is about us. <gasps> How'd they get our information? Uh, so this article says, Friends of Austinite detained in Venezuelan failed coup say he was misled. I mean, that's true. He was. So the facts of the case... I, I, I mean, we can drop the joke a little bit. <laughs> That was just a way to get into the story. I gotcha. Okay. The facts of the case are two U.S. citizens were caught plotting a coup of the Venezuelan government, and they were working for Silvercore, hmm. which is a military contractor thingy. Tied to the U.S. government or technically separate? They're pri private sector. Okay. Uh, so they're not tied to any governments, although I think they are based... They're based in Florida, so they hmm. are based in the U.S., and they took credit for the incursion. They said, that, it's us. Mm. These are the facts as they stand. And here comes an article that says, uh, Friends of Luke Denman, the Austin native and former American soldier detained in Venezuela after what authorities in the country are describing as a failed plot to capture President Nicolas Maduro, say he was misled to believe the incursion was backed by the U.S. government and insist he never would have gone through with it if he if he'd known it was unauthorized. So, what they're saying is, this man left the military 
knowing full well what actual military orders look like and who they come through in the chain of command, and worked instead for... A private army. A a mercenary company. And then was surprised when it was not the military? Yeah, no, I mean, you don't go work for basically a mercenary company like like a Blackwater or Silver Corps or any of these. You don't go working for these thinking you're the good guy. You go work for these companies because you've got a certain set of skills, you like doing that certain set of skills, and the privatized companies pay a lot of money mm. for you to do that. Now... The thing is about these private companies is they're not backed by any government. Right, they can't be. And so the they operate outside of the law That's... for a lot of what they do. They do a lot of shady things. Blackwater, in case you don't know, is don't. owned, operated, and formed by Betsy Davos's brother. Betsy Davos is the head of education for the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. So that that's just a little fun fact. Um, they made that the, their family made a lot of money doing illegal things, perhaps in countries overseas, in the name of protecting U.S. interests through their private military company. Blackwater. Mm. So this is the type of people we're dealing with. This is the type of people uh, Goudreau is, who runs Silvercore, who Luke Denman and Barry, I forget his first name, worked for. They would 100% know that it's not backed by the U.S. Oh, yeah. Well, they're getting paid way better than they did when they were in the military, too, so... Mm-hmm. Three of Denman's friends who spoke with the statesman on Friday said the ex-Green Beret was deceived into believing that the outmatched 60-person group that tried to take down Maduro was to be part of a robust operation backed by the U.S. Hmm. Houston lawyer Braxton Smith, who graduated from Westlake High School with Denman in 2004 said the master behind, behind the plot fed Denman, quote, a book of lies. Luke, under, Luke understood what he was doing to be government-sanctioned, Smith said. He didn't think he was going to be hung out to dry like this. He thought he was doing something that was not only morally proper, but also condoned by federal authorities. If it was condoned by federal authorities, then, like... It would have been an operation carried out fully by the military. Yeah. You think they have enough money to just be hiring random private mercenaries? Yeah, the thing about the U.S. is we have so much money we throw into defense that we wouldn't need to hire... We wouldn't need to hire a third party to, to, to carry out what would be a like a, a clandestine mission. Mm-hmm. One, that's what the CIA does. Like, that's their whole bread and butter is overthrowing governments and installing the people who we, who we want. Like, there's a long history of the CIA doing that, especially in South America. That's how the Panama Canal was built. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. But, like, 
so we wouldn't you wouldn't need a 34 year old Austinite and a 41 year old Florida man to go t- try to take down the government by themselves. Well, this job's too big for us boys. We've got to send in the dream team. The dream. Somebody team. get Florida on the phone. Now he, here's here's a Washington Post fact. Uh, according to a Washington Post account of the botched raid, Goudreau had tried to secure a nearly $213 million payout from Guido in exchange for taking out Maduro. But when, no, when negotiations broke down, Goudreau pushed forward anyway. So there, it seems to be there are two powers in Venezuela right now. There's the one that the U.S. recognizes... His name is the the other name the that I said. Gui, Guiado. Okay. Guaido. 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 He's one <laughs> of the sides, and the other side is this um, Modero, who was tr- we tried to take out, and it seems don't like don't say we. Don't say we. All right, that that Austinite <laughs> Luke Denman tried to take out. And it seems like his boss, Goudreau, try, was trying to, like, negotiate a deal, but, uh, that didn't happen. Why would, okay, if you're, that's not how normal business works. Like, if you say, okay, client, I'm going to present to you a contract. If you sign it and pay me a deposit, I will do the work and then you pay me the rest up front. Yeah. And then they say, um... No, I don't feel like paying you to deposit. You don't go ahead and do the work for them and just hope that they'll give you everything at the end. You halt working on their item until the deposit is paid. Yeah, typically in client work, you don't do work for free in hopes that you'll get paid later. Mm-hmm. Because nine times out of ten, it doesn't work out. Like, you don't get paid, or you get paid less, because it's like, well, the work's already done. And, and yeah. in this case, uh, Goudreau would be committing an international incident mm. for free, <laughs> and then when the heat is on, he would go to the, like, the prime suspect of, like, who was guilty, and say, hey, we got him, pay up. <laughs> That's not suspicious at all. No, all, all all the other guy would have to do is say, no, he's your problem now. You're a fugitive mm-hmm. on an international stage. I'm not associated with you. Yeah. And just step into the power vacuum left by the absence of Mordero and mm-hmm. just naturally and for free assume power. Yeah. Like, it's a win-win for the other guy. Yeah, I was going to say, for one of these parties. Yeah, I don't know. So all of these friends are, are vouching for this Luke guy, who is John. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> I mean, is your quote in there? Did they get you? Yeah, um, he's a tough guy, I said. All of these guys who do these type of special forces training have to be mentally tough to even make the cut and be part of the team. Guys like that understand what they're coming into in case something does happen. Do, well, do you, do you want to know what I said? Yeah, sure. Uh, the the thing that I said was, I mean, I just tell straight, he, he isn't a crazy guy. He's a friendly dude. And it's so hard for me to believe anything like this could happen 
without some serious deceit up and down. Up and down. Up I'm, and down. I'm glad you covered both directions. I mean, deceit comes from those two directions. Those two directions and nowhere else. Yes. I don't know. That's pretty wild. I hope John makes it back safe from Venezuela. Oh my god. What? Trump has said the U.S. has nothing to do with the attack. Quote, It wasn't led by General George Washington, obviously, he told Fox News on Friday. This was not a good attack. It was not a good attack? (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, also, obviously it wasn't... (laughs) I mean... How is that your take? Your take is it wasn't led by General George Washington. That is his... That is a fact while also being dodgy to me. Well, like... <laughs> I mean, if it's... If you... It wasn't, it wasn't led by Uncle Sam. That, that would, would be, be one thing. one thing. But this is not led by said, General George Washington. Yeah. He then followed up and said, well, because number one, he's dead. Well, did he say that? No. Oh. Number two, uh, he's been dead for a really, really long time. Right. Well, he had retired as a general first, also. Yeah, and number three, like, he's a president. I'm not sure they lead attacks much anymore. They usually do that before they become president, not after. Right. Or during. While they're generals, and not after becoming a president. But, mm. Yeah. So yeah, we hope, you know, we wish John the best. I hope that Venezuelan, 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 mm. Venezuelan prison is, is treating you well. I hope they're giving you, uh, I guess, the, the uh, Venezuelan equivalent of bread and water, which for the joke I'm going to say is, what is bread? Pon? Pon and agua? That your guess is better than mine because I did not take any sort of Spanish. Oh well, you not should. even that. We live in Austin. So you haven't picked up any Spanish. No. What salsa? What tortilla? I don't understand any of the words. Queso. I don't don't know any of the words coming out of your mouth. You love queso. You always say, queso, queso, give me queso. That's what your favorite song is. You can't quote me. (laughs) You wake up in the morning and you're like, queso, queso in my tummy. Queso, queso, it's so yummy. You say that every day. That is copyrighted. Is it? By my future Can, my, my future self see see what had happened was I made a deal with a with a copywriting company that that song was going to be copyrighted and I would get the rights and they said no but I'm copywriting it anyway Oh okay so well can we license the song for you for this podcast No no oh. <laughs> well then I guess we'll see you in court yeah <laughs> yeah. What a good segment. Where in the world is John? We got an update. We found out where he was. He's in Venezuela. He's being held prisoner. And uh, hopefully he can get out of that mess and come back to the podcast soon. You know, if J- John, if you're listening to this, if they for some reason gave you an, a device that could connect to the internet for the specific 
express purpose of downloading podcasts and you wanted to listen, you were like in your prison, mm-hmm. eating your pan, drinking your agua, your salsa. I guess you wouldn't drink the salsa. But you're eating your chips and queso because that's totally not an Americanized version of a Hispanic treat. I wouldn't know because I don't know what queso is. Well, okay. <laughs> and you're like, I wonder I wonder how Henry is, is handling uh, my absence during this, this time. Like, is the podcast dead? Surely it's dead. It can't live without me. So if you're listening and those are your thoughts, John, you're wrong. Ha-ha! And you should know better. Also, we wish you well and hope you get back soon. Please come back. This is hard. Yeah, Jamie's not doing well. She hates this. I I, I know nothing. I, I, I don't bring anything to the table. What? I, I, I have no content to share. What? No, Jamie, you brought all that good... Gardening content earlier. What? That was my whole idea. That's it. I have no more thoughts. All that great gardening content was pretty good. The GGC great gardening content. And then last week you talked about Stephen Sondheim. For too long. Hey, those are your words. They are. I listened to it. Oh. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I feel like... I, I feel I should apologize for being here again. You want to do... And yet here I am. So here's the thing. There's nothing going on. I mean, Lenwell Ban Miranda... Yes. ...announced today that on, like, July 3rd, Hamilton's gonna be on the Disney Plus. Just in time for Independence Day. Just in time for Independence Day. It's a really, really good timing. Yeah. I don't see why they would just... Why wouldn't they wait a day? That's what I was wondering. Wait, what, what day does, uh, does Independence Day fall on I think this it's year? a Saturday this year. What? See, this was supposed to be the year of all the perfect dates. It is a Saturday, although I would rather have the day off. Right. I guess you get the Friday off. Um, yes. If your company is good. Government, uh... What's it called? Facilities? Entities? Like banks? Yeah, yeah. They will take an observed Independence Day holiday. So like they will take the Friday. Okay. Um, uh, government government buildings, government operations, we'll say. I mean, buildings uh, Venezuelan works. sting operations will, <laughs> all of will shut down. All the sting operations. In observance of Independence Day, uh, all the Venezuelan sting operations, we're sorry, you can't access... Your Sting Operation account on the Friday before Independence Day. Because that's the observed holiday. We're observing this barbecue in the backyard of the bank where, <laughs> where all of the employees live because I'm a child. <laughs> um, so that's your that's the answer to your question. Uh, they, they, no one ever releases any content on a Saturday for some reason. Yeah, I mean... It's always a Friday or a Tuesday. Those are the designated media days. I guess so that the news can drum it up. Or they think, oh, people don't exist on weekends. They're not (laughs) working, so they're not doing anything. I guess it also gives you the chance, if you do it on a work day, even if it's supposed to be an observed holiday, but it's not for your software engineers. Yeah. If you release it on a Friday, that's still within working hours. So if something goes wrong, they're there to fix it. Or if it was a Saturday, they would have to pay them time and a half. 
Mm. Yai, yai. Sneaky. That's a price too high for my independence. <laughs> I won't pay time and a half to get... And then we'll, the, just, we'll, we'll just have to wait for it. We'll finally be able to answer the question that Lynn Marinhair Handa... He asked this in the first, like, opening... The opening line of Hamilton. He asked this question... And we'll finally get the answer. The question that Lynn Merhanda asked at the beginning of Hamilton, I think you know it. How does a bastard orphan. No, 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 no. That's not what he. No, that's not. No, no, no. No? Sorry. No? No. You're paraphrasing. Wait, wait. What about. The direct direct quote. What's your name, man? No, the direct quote. The direct question that uh, I guess it's Aaron Burr, the character sings, who's not played by Schmin Haran Haranda. Uh, but yep. Aaron, the Aaron Burr character asked the question, uh, how does an orphan do a thing? And we'll finally get the answer to that question on July 3rd when Hamilton uh, airs on Disney+. Plus. Turns out he's an orphan. Oh. I don't know if that's a spoiler. Is that mm. is that a big plot point? I've mm. seen it, but is that a big plot point? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question everyone has been dying to get the answer to, but I guess we'll have to wait for it. Yeah, so July 3rd, John and I, that's- God willing, <laughs> he comes back. Uh, we'll watch, uh, we'll watch Hamilton, maybe, maybe we'll talk about it. It's like a huge cultural thing. What's up? That's the second time I made a really good Hamilton joke and you didn't get it. Alright, uh, okay. Bear with me. said it twice. Bear with me. I know. Can we take a second? Can you stoop down to my <laughs> level? You're you're operating on like you know cloud nine. You're up here with uh, yeah. Okay, well with Hamilton and his friends. All right, because they're dead, and uh, I'm down here on the on the ground of Venezuela and, mm. and getting caught. Uh, repeat your joke. I said we'll have to wait for it, but I, I which is I said it twice. Um. I guess I could have said, I'm willing to wait for it. Is this a song? It is. Is this a song by one of the Skylar sisters? No. Is this a song by Hamilton? No. History has its eyes on you. Does it count as a joke? Sure. I don't... What is the wait for it? That is Aaron Burr's song Mm. about... How Hamilton just gets whatever he wants, but Aaron Burr is willing to wait for it. Okay. The only song I remember from Aaron Burr's character was uh, Room Where It Happens, which was Which real- is a very good song. That is his big number in Act 2. Yeah, it's, a, it's his big number. You're right. Apparently, there's another one called Wait For It. Maybe I slept through that one. Is this one of them where they were dressed like cats? Oh no, that's um, that's a different part. Oh, that's okay. The ten dual commandments. Oh, that was a good one. The ten dual concatments. Yeah. T- okay. So anyway, I've seen it. It's a really good show. It's very good. I actually am looking forward to watching it again. Apparently, it has the original cast, but not the original ensemble. It's apparently, there's some conflict in that. Oh uh, well, actually, I. It's everyone but one person. Yeah, there's just one person. But uh, Lynn Manuel said. 
on an interview today that they got everybody including all the ensembles. So I would have to research into that a little bit. All right, so maybe we're not ready to make any definitive statements yeah. about this showing of Hamilton. One, it hasn't come out. Right. Two, we do know it's the principal cast. That is 100% they're all back. Yes. Three, it's just the ensemble that we don't know. And before mm-hmm. I make a statement that it's just a, a one person who's out, but he says it's he, they're in, we're just not going to touch it. Yeah, I will say uh, I'm also very excited to see this because um, the director of the production, the director of the stage production, is the one who directed this film cut. Okay. So he not only, of course, uh, put together the everything on stage that was going to be filmed, but he was in the editing bay picking which shots to focus on, when to go up close, when to pull back to really see the whole stage, um, which is awesome. I've seen several taped live Broadway performances, like uh, Newsies. The, the 90s Cats one. Oh. Yeah, Newsies. And um, Into the Woods. Uh, lots of really, really good stuff. And I, as much as I love, you can't compare to actually seeing something live on stage there is a magic to the uh, recorded versions as well because you get to see these moments that you would never capture um, because you can just get so much closer and things can get played up for more comedy and you can zoom in on a secondary character's reaction and get um, a little angle on it that you wouldn't notice yeah, no. otherwise. It's awesome. Even with the little binoculars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I... There's, yeah, there's uh, there's something to be said about capturing it on film. It does not compare to seeing it in person. But it's the next best thing. It is, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, now we don't have to wait till October 2021, which was the original date. (laughs) Now it's just coming out this year in two months. Yeah, he did, Lin-Manuel did uh, specify when when he tweeted it. Coming out this July 3rd, in all yeah. caps. This one. Yeah, this one. Yeah. Really jumped the gun on it. Well, he's I, not throwing away his shot. He's not throwing away his shot. That's a reference to the show that we're talking about. But because they pushed In the Heights back... Oh, yeah. Uh, he would be basically competing against himself, Disney-wise. Hmm. Is In the Heights by Disney, though? It might not be. But I don't feel like definitely, it is. Definitely, like, if you have two Lin-Mill Man Haranda projects coming out in the same year, maybe Disney didn't want to compete with that. Yeah. So they, they moved theirs up. Because In the Heights got delayed. And instead of just, instead of doing theaters, they're like, well, I'm betting people who don't have Disney Plus right now and want to see Hamilton, because they've never seen it before, are willing to at least get the free trial. I don't think Disney Plus does free trials. Oh, no. I think it's yeah, because did. it's like, what they did, did they? They a week. Okay. Did a week. Maybe we didn't bother with that, because we, we knew we wanted to see the whole run of The Mandalorian. No, so. see, when, when, uh, when, I, when I know I'm going to get something, I don't bother with the, like, the, the free version of it. 
Because basically the free version of it anyway, you probably have to put a card down anyway. So it's basically just registering for the account. Yeah, that's true. So, oh, yeah, we'll throw in a week or whatever. But it's like, it's a monthly subscription and you only charge once a month. You don't prorate the month like an apartment do. So it didn't it didn't matter. Plus it was only like eight bucks a month. Yeah, no anyway. big deal. I do think um, when you were talking earlier that they figured, well, instead of releasing to theaters, we'll just release it to Disney+. Plus. I think they are looking at, uh, they're projecting forward of how many people will actually go to a theater, like how many people will feel comfortable doing that. Um, Absolutely. And they're also saying, hey, we don't have a lot of new content for our Disney Plus platform, and they're still trying to ramp up uh, subscribers. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense from their standpoint. And by doing that, they're also not really getting in trouble with movie theaters, because they probably didn't have any deals set forth no. to release that to theaters or anything. Too early to, to line that kind of thing up. Yeah. Because it, it was October 2021 that they were going to, that they were going to, like, debut it. So they, mm-hmm. that's probably way too far down the line for any theaters to, like, hop on board. It's like, well, we don't know what else is coming out that week. You're a thing that a lot of people have already seen. We might relegate you to... One of our smaller theaters, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, maybe this is better for Disney in the long run. Yeah, and I think it's they're, they're not going to run into any of the like Universal Studios trolls versus AMC theaters situation. No, no. I, I mean, the, that's a that's a very different thing because they yeah. basically pulled it the week it was going to premiere in movie theaters and said, ah, we're just going to release it online on our own platform instead. Well, that and just Trolls was, is basically the big kids movie for the year. Uh, yes, that's true. It's and, a sequel. It's it, a big yeah. deal. It's a sequel. The first one, for some reason, was immensely popular with children. Uh, but I guess you, you can't can... stop the feeling, Henry. Is that a song it is, from it the is Trolls the movie? It is the only song from that that made it onto the radio. Okay. And I actually really like that song. I, I haven't heard it. Um, but it's basically like you gave, you, you took away a huge source of revenue from all theaters when you, when they went to video on demand release and, uh, and then they made the announcement that they were going to do that for all of their movies. And so it's like a declaration of war against theaters. Like, Hey. We're we just like we want to still be in theaters, but we're also just going to do home stuff. So it's like so you're taking away the audience who's going to go to the theater, who's going to buy the popcorn, buy the ticket. I mean, the studio already gets for the first however many weeks. I think it's like the first two weeks they already get a hundred percent of the ticket price. Wow. Yeah, I, theaters have been operating on on razor thin margins for years. But for like the first two to three weeks, depending on the studio, 100% of the ticket price goes straight to the studio. The theater gets none of it. Wow. So theaters really make their money on food and deals and drinks. That's why their markups are so high. And, I get it. Yeah, and special special showings of, of films that they bought the rights to. Like Alamo Drafthouse shows a lot of older films because mm-hmm. you can buy up those rights to show them on the cheap because they're older. Yeah. And that's why, like, Mystery Science Theater, pretty much, do- they started with just public domain films. 
because they didn't have to buy any rights. Mm-hmm. Then when they got bigger, they could expand into more popular films. Okay, that makes sense. But Universal was basically saying, hey, we're taking away your revenue because if people can just stay in their homes and pay 20 bucks to stream it for 48 hours, a lot of, like, the, the data has shown, marketing research has shown a, a majority of people are going to do that. That makes sense. I mean, if you think about, especially... With this, kids. Yeah, I was going to say, for the example of who would be going to Trolls, and it is um, one parent who has to take multiple kids, potentially. Uh, you have to get them ready to leave the house. You have to sit through a whole kids movie that maybe you don't want to watch. Versus if you can just turn it on and Sid, the kid sits there in halfway in their pajamas, half unclothed, because that's how kids are, and you can go do whatever the heck else you want to do and get some quiet time out of this to actually be productive, that is a no-brainer choice. And it's probably cheaper, depending on how big your family is, it's, uh, and the comparative price of a single movie ticket these days, uh, whether or not it's a kid's price, um, that's honestly... A cheaper option. Yeah, and you don't have to deal with taking your kid to the bathroom in a mm, public space. Yes. You don't have to deal with the kid getting bored or antsy or anything like that, or like a baby crying in the movie theater. Yeah. For a lot of parents, the 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 stream it at any time, you know, for a nominal fee or twenty bucks, is I guess isn't nominal, yeah. but like for a substantial fee, uh, is more attractive. And you don't have to go to the theater every time they want to see it. Like, if you're right. willing to pay that price multiple times, or for 48 hours, the kid can watch it as many times as they want. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. I mean, 20 bucks is not a nominal fee, but it's a comparable fee to going to the movies maybe once. Mm-hmm. And then your kid can watch that movie seven times in a row before they pass out. So, so because of that reason, absolutely, I see why movie theaters like AMC and another one are are just they're refusing to show Universal movies. All Universal movies. All Universal movies going forward, they're refusing to to show them because Universal has basic basically declared war on theaters. Mm. That's crazy. Now the thing is that a really interesting thing to see uh, in the coming months if we ever get to some sort of normalcy is what happens to universal because this was a very particular set of circumstances for trolls world tour. Yeah. Quarantine. So people were stuck in their houses, mm-hmm. kids, not in school. Oh yes. And they released a kid's movie. Like it's the perfect storm for that one movie to make a lot of money. It outperformed the original. Yes. It will be super interesting to see in a different environment if the, if, a, if coronavirus fears are gone and theaters are operating as normal and studios are operating as normal. It'll be very interesting to see if Universal can pull the same amount of numbers because I don't think they can. Yeah, there's something about going to the movies. Uh, I'm saying this as a young adult who has no children to wrangle and uh, lives in a very close proximity to a movie theater. Uh, And it's very easy to make the trip happen. Um, I enjoy going to the movies. Not just to see movies, see films that I am interested in um, before things get spoiled for me on the internet, but also 
experiencing that on a larger-than-life screen and being surrounded by a bunch of people who are also seeing it for the first time. There's like an energy. It's not unlike going to live theater. There's yeah. an energy that the audience, you build with the audience um, in a more passive way than live theater, but still there. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just a junkie for that in general. But <laughs> you know? Even in Alamo Drafthouse where they say no talking, like people still laugh. People still like gasp, like the, the, these very human reactions that we can't help. They're involuntary by the stimulus that we're seeing, and and doing that in a large group together, mm-hmm. it's there's like a there must be like a chemical that releases like a bonding kind of thing, because it's like you're all feeling the same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like watching a quiet place in a in a packed theater oh. was amazing because yes. it's like you could feel it. it you could feel the the hair standing on end on the other person's arm. Yes. Because it was just so quiet, so tense. And, and um, you wouldn't get that from just like a... I mean, I, I love you. You're my wife. But I wouldn't get that just Wait, from, wait, wait. Your wife? Oh, oh no. Just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. I, um, I wouldn't get that just from one person. Or, or even mm-hmm. if we had our friends over... If we have our friends over, I'm going to joke the entire time because I crave their laughter and affection and admiration. I hope they admire me. But, <laughs> but with strangers, I wouldn't dare speak because I wouldn't want them to judge me and out of my draft house, they'll kick me out. So it is com- like it's an atmospheric experience that the home theater can't recreate. Right. Until we get really rich and make one of those big basement theaters that takes up half our house. Yeah, but then, like, are we going to invite people over and charge tickets and, like, pump in artificial popcorn smell? Um, if we're that rich, we're getting real popcorn smell. Okay, real, we'll pump in real popcorn smell, but... Yeah. Do you like popcorn? I enjoy very buttery popcorn oh. at the movie theater. Oh. I don't really like it at home. Yeah, See, there's another thing. It's like never really liked the experience at the movies. I never really liked the popcorn. Maybe like the Christmas time popcorn that comes in like those big metal tins. Uh-uh. Oh, Not for me. Cheesy, yeah, cheesy popcorn. No, if you if we get that it's for you. But okay. I never I never order popcorn. But if I go to the movies with my mom, she loves movies. She popcorn. has to get popcorn. She has to get it. That I've is her thing. I've been with her in a movie. Yeah. and You were there, she, too. I, I was also there. <laughs> I think it would be weird if just you and my mom went to a movie. You would be right. Um, uh, I mean, at least it would early on, because we weren't married yet. Oh, we're married? We are now. Okay. Ha-ha. Um, but yeah, if my mom gets popcorn, I will help her eat that whole bowl. So. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to Alamo Draft House and I can just order fries instead of popcorn, I'm going to order fries. I like fries better than popcorn. But here's the rub. The big rub. The Aye, there's the rub. Yeah. What, what, what is it? What is uh, it? Universal is the production studio that makes the Fast and Furious films. Ugh. Yeah. So when... F9 The Fast Saga comes out. I'm sorry, F9 colon The Fast Saga. When F9 colon The Fast Saga comes out next year, because uh, they delayed it for an entire year. So sad. They delayed it in March. And we said were it was so co- close. It was coming out in April 2021. 
Ugh. I'm mad. Uh, we'll have to see next year what happens to it when it comes to the box office, because if AMC and uh, the other theater I can't remember aren't going to show it, that's going to negatively affect the box office, but maybe the streaming will, 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 I don't know, compensate for that? I'm just hoping that Alamo Drafthouse doesn't take a stance one way or the other, because I really like the Fast and Furious series, and I really want to see it on the big screen. Like, if you take that... If you take that away from me, I will only have Marvel movies left. And we've, as we've already discussed, Marvel movies are over and there's no reason to see any more of them. Mm. So I'll never have a reason to go see an action movie on the big screen. Ever again. Unless Edgar Wright makes Baby Driver 2. Which would be terrible. He can't make Baby Driver 2. I don't think he's gonna. Baby I think Driver he... is very good. On its own. Leave so it alone. Only on reshowings of Baby Driver 2 <laughs> can I go see... A movie, an action movie in the theater. The only Baby Driver 2 that I would accept is if Ansel Elgort's baby, Ansel Elgort and Lily James's baby, is a baby driver also. Baby driver. Alongside his dad. Baby driver, comma, T-O-O. Yes. That's just stupid enough to work. Right? I would go to it. You would go to it. Um, that's a long way away. I mean, a lot can happen in over a year. I know. So, we'll see. Yeah. I just hope, you know, I just hope all the people who want to see F9 colon the Fast Saga can see it, regardless Mm -hmm. of the uh, political landscape of movies and whether or not they're being shown in theaters or if it's all weird streaming stuff. Personally, I enjoy the theater experience. More than I would enjoy buying something and streaming it. Yeah. Because, I, I don't know, this is a, this might be just a thing um, that I experienced. But, like, we, we pay for Netflix. We have a Hulu account. We have Disney+. Plus, we have Amazon Prime. And we borrow an HBO account. We share it with friends. We yeah. share it. So we've got the... We've got at least... These five streaming services. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I feel like if a movie I want to watch is not on one of these five streaming services, I'm not going to watch it. Mm. And I don't want to get more streaming services because at that point it's you're paying an individual price for like per channel, which is the opposite of what I want. Yeah. But it's it's like I feel like between these five I should be able to watch anything I want, but for some reason, Mad Max's Fury Road is not on any of those. Oh no, where'd it go? I think it's on Stars. Oh, dumb old Stars. Which I'm not. I'm not paying for Stars because there's nothing on Stars. The only thing on Stars is Outlander because I see ads for it on Facebook literally every single day. But it, it eventually hits Hulu for some reason. Yes, it does. It's real weird. No, Netflix. That's Outlander. what I meant. Outlander. Sorry, sorry. In Outlander. my head, I had pictured the red, but I said the green. Oh, oh man. no! The yeah, red it, and the green. It eventually hits Netflix. I, you know, I just I feel like if I'm paying for all these different streaming services, I should be able to watch whatever movie I want. And what I don't like is like when Amazon's like rent it for three dollars. I don't want to spend that money. So if I don't want to spend three dollars to see a movie that I actually want to see. 
I don't foresee myself paying $20 to watch a movie once. Oh, yeah. For For $20, I'm looking to own that movie. Yeah, that's a DVD. That's a DVD. That's a whole DVD. Five more bucks, you get the Blu-ray or whatever. Because I think those are like 25 new releases. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, like for 25 bucks, I could own the movie in perpetuity as long as the, you know, the disc works or whatever. And you get all the commentary and the bonus features, which is the whole point of having a DVD. We've never watched the commentary on (gasps) Spider-Verse. I know what we're doing tomorrow. There was a watch a thong, watch along, a watch along of Spider Verse on Twitter. I learned a few things. Ooh, I'm excited. I I love that movie. Don't remember any of them. Well, that'll be a secret just for us, not for the listeners. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, apparently, it's it's Chris Miller. He was one of the writers. Sure. I know nothing about that. I don't know. Apparently, some of the writers have a thing. In every movie they do, there's a dolphin. And there's a dolphin in uh, Enter the Spider-Verse. Yeah. You've seen it? You've seen the dolphin? I feel like I'm recalling a dolphin. Like, I can hear the <laughs> noise that it makes. I don't know if it makes a noise. I only saw a still. Okay. Of where the well, dolphin it supposedly is. We'll just have to watch it again. It's very blurry. Okay. Yeah. That's a good movie. They're making it into the Spider-Verse 2. It's coming out October 2022. Yeah, it got delayed real bad. Which I'm fine with, because hopefully that means they're making it the best they can. Yeah. Also, they need to be... They need to tread that thread. Spider thread? Spider silk? They need to tread that web very, very, very carefully. Like, this was a perfect movie. Yeah. If you go ahead and just do a sequel for the sake of making more money, I will hate you forever, and I'll never go to another Amy Pascal-produced movie. Produced movie. But if it's good, it's good. It's great. But I've never... I mean, sequels are hard to pull off. I've they never, are. Name one good sequel. Uh, I'm, there is one. I can see it in my brain, but I can't yeah, say it. Yeah, I put you on the spot. What is it? Who's in it? Harrison Ford. Indiana Jones? Oh, Indiana Jones. Not the second one. The, the third th- one. Last Crusade? Yes. I will say... I mean, okay. So... <laughs> Raiders of the Last Ark is a classic. Will stand the test of time. Yes. It's the best one. Uh, I feel like they made Temple of Doom bad on purpose. <laughs> Maybe they did just so that they take the they, pressure yeah, off. Yeah, I was gonna say they take the pressure off for the for the third one that they knew they wanted to make, and so then everyone will love it again. Yeah, yeah, it's valid. And then it was so bad that no matter what you do next, just looks good by comparison. And then you have the Last Crusade. You get Sean Connery. It was pretty good. It's yeah, great. It's great. Can it stand well on its own? Because it's it's always stood in the context of, well, Temple of Doom wasn't that good. I'm going to be honest. When I watched Indiana Jones the first time, I watched Lost Ark. And then I watched Last Crusade. Oh, you skipped Temple I of Doom. I skipped Temple of Doom. Wow. Okay, so so you think... I liked it. You liked it. I, I guess I just said name a good sequel, and you did. All right, you win. High five! I win! Ba-boom! Ba-boom! That's not an edit mark. That was a high five. That's for me later. Oh, 
okay. We usually clap for edits. I see. Yeah. Well, it's your fault for initiating that high five. Well, it was a good moment because you, you, you rose to my challenge. That's what I do. That's what you do. Hey. We're just nodding silently. Yeah, I no, forgot. they can't see there's us. No, there's no visual component to this podcast. Nope. Well, what do we do now? Did you have anything else to say about Fast and Furioso? I can't wait to watch it. The end. And I'm going to watch it in a theater. Like, so if it's in a theater, I'm going to go to the theater and watch it. Yeah, we'll find a way. And we're going to find a way to watch it in a theater. Because I feel like it deserves to be in a theater. If I had watched Mad Max Fury Road for the first time on a television screen, I probably wouldn't think it's like the best movie of all time. And I still don't. Yeah, that's for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. What's wrong but with But it's you? still one of the best movies I've ever... It's like an extreme experience. It's a great yeah. movie. Fury Road is a production marvel. It yeah, it's amazing. It's really incredible. It uh, is, gets all your senses. Apparently, making the film for the actors was not a great time. Oh, no. They had to move very quickly. A lot of the cuts were very, or like a lot of the uh, the takes were like they moved really, really, really quickly. Like you know, no time for reshoots or anything. So it's kind of like one take and done. Whoa! And so uh, Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy apparently did not gel very well together. Um, and stepping back years later, now they've come to realize that like they could have been there for each other. But they weren't because of, like, Tom Hardy was, like, stepping into Mel Gibson's shoes and this this iconic franchise. And, like, he was pressured because of that reason. And then because of the way the movie is where, like, Tom Hardy basically doesn't say anything the entire movie. He yeah. just grunts. And as an actor, that must be really frustrating because it's, like... You're known for speaking as an actor. Uh-huh. Like, you're I taking mean, away half of your expression. Mm-hmm. And then Charlize Theron stepping into a role that she'd never done before, like an action-type role. Like, and she was like, hey, well, you've done action movies before. Can you guys do this? Like, Mrah. Mrah. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. This is is not a supplemental reading for Mad Max Fury Road. Sorry about that. That all aside, Fury Road is really great. If you've never seen it, please check it out. Even if you've never seen a Mad Max movie before. Because I've never watched a Mad Max movie before. True. I think. Me neither. I had never seen one before that. But Fury Road is still one of my favorite movies. Go check it out, even though we're not going to pay for stars. Yeah, no. I'm just going to find it somewhere. On the rack at the DVD store where they sell DVDs. Well, it seems like we are, as we've already hinted at, starting to accidentally divulge into a different supplemental reading. We might be close to wrapping up. You're right. We are very close to stretching out our content by relying on The Mandalorian just like Disney Plus is. Yay! (laughs) It seems like The Mandalorian Season 2 is going to do a little odd thing and uh, be like a weird bridge between uh, the main series, the Clone Wars cartoon series, and maybe Rebels. No, but it was so good because it was standalone. And it was very good, but it... What because it was standalone, but in that last episode, it was revealed that I th- 
think his name is Moff Gideon. Who's oh, yeah. Played by the actor who I can recognize by sight, but whose name es- Escovito, I think. Uh, I don't know. I just mm. know he played the mirror in Once Upon a Time. Interesting. Anyway, the character Moff Gideon in the final episode, this is spoilers, has an item that is very iconic to Star Wars. Yes. And that item played a role in Clone Wars. Ah. And the actress who played the character who had the item is been hired on. To the Mandalorian? To the Mandalorian to play the live-action version of that character. What? That's really cool. That is really cool. And also, it's been sort of rumored that Rosario Dawson Mm. is going to play Ashoka, who is a pivotal character in the Clone Wars, who is Anakin's Padawan. Okay. Okay. In that show. And she might have a role in The Mandalorian as well. So The Mandalorian, for some reason, has become like this weird nexus of all these different series to try to make this weird, loose canon. Mm. I just hope that we don't lose sight of the main character. Right. The Mandalorian. Alternatively, what if The Mandalorian becomes like a Star Wars Mad Max (gasps) in which... So I don't. I, I've read a lot about the Mad Max series. Yeah, you get Max's story in the first one. Yeah, and then all the subsequent Mad Max movies. It's not about him. He stumbles into a situation, and that he ends up helping the situation out in one way or another. But he's just a player in a larger story. Okay, I could tell that. The only other one I've really seen is Fury Road, and that totally makes sense, yeah. because that movie is about Furiosa. A lot of people uh, were mad for some reason uh, that, you know, oh, Max doesn't even say much in the movie with his name in it. Uh, so, in the movie Thunderdome, which is like the second or third man Max, uh, mm-hmm. he has 16 lines. In the whole movie? Yep. What? So, like, that precedent had already been there. Yeah. So now we have another sort of Western hero who does not speak much, except for when he needs to. And his story might kind of be done. Like, he protected the child. He might be taking, you know, the larger story is he's taking the child somewhere else. But I could see him rolling into situation after situation where he's not, he's not the pivotal player. Yeah. But he helps out in some way or another. Maybe the Mandalorian is Star Wars Mad Max. Uh, you're hurting my brain. Yeah. But it makes sense. So these larger components with this 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 spoilerific item and these characters attached to it, and Ashoka, who's who's just whose fate has been left to just the 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 distant winds, maybe. The Mandalorian is the vehicle to experience these things since the Clone Wars cartoon is now over forever. Yeah. And the Star Wars movies are now over forever, despite Taika Waititi, he's going to do something. But they're over. They're done. What if Taika Waititi's not actually making a Star Wars movie? What if it's a, a cover for something else? Now, when you say a cover, does that mean like he's going to make Space Godfather? <laughs> 
<laughs> I got, mean, like it's a uh, it's a, a decoy. I so when people when it was announced, people uh, made the joke. It's gonna be what we do in the shadows of the empire. <laughs> Because Taika Waititi, yeah, what we do in the shadows? It'd be all about the stormtroopers. And then shadows of the or shadow of the empire was apparently like one of the uh, extended canon novels. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what we do in the shadows of the empire is a mashup. Love it. That would be good. You looked something up while I was ranting about Mandalorian being Star Wars Mad Max. It's because I was I saw a headline the other day about the Mandalorian being filmed. In a virtual set. I hate it. Like, the way that The Lion King was filmed, essentially. Where, like, they move the camera around and they have actors moving around. But the the camera is moving in a virtual reality setting. So they can blend those two things together. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a very interesting uh, take on how to produce new film content in this, like, socially distant... Because, I mean, like... Filming studios are all messed up, too. Uh, but I tried to look into it, and it seems like that was used for season one and not a special thing for season two. Oh, okay. But, I mean, it was John Favreau, so he's the one who did the Lion King movie. It could so. it could be that um, his production studio just bought all the equipment. It was mm-hmm. like, well, now that we're holding this hammer, we got to use it. Right. Every problem looks like a nail, so it's... Exactly. But I think now that we've stretched our content just the teensiest bit by relying on The Mandalorian and becoming just like Disney+, Plus, now is the time where we start wrapping up the episode because we didn't hit hit our metrics before. Oh, no, the metrics. The metrics. Or as I like to say, the Imperials. (laughs) That's a good joke. (laughs) You should have used that at the top of the episode. No, all my jokes come at the end. Okay. Anyway. It only works in context. Yeah. Alright, so uh, since I edited the last two weeks, you would have to edit this week. Yeah. But you still don't know how to edit? You didn't... I I don't. I don't know how. You wouldn't let me learn. Well, can you at least do the social media plugs? All right, here goes, folks. Coming at you with them social media goodness plugs. It's, uh, uh, so first, first of all, if you want to talk about how badly I'm doing at these social media plugs, you can tweet at us at uh, the twitter.com. I'm going out of order, probably. Well, it's real bad. No, we always start with Twitter. Twitter is the first one. And you can tweet at us at ZCPCWHJ, which stands for Henry. So usually we don't do a weird thing with the letters because people need to hear them to know what they type in. Oh. Uh, so, like, you could say the letters straight, but I always mess up the meaning. That's kind of the joke there. The G? People might not understand. Oh. Yes. Z-C-P-C-W-H-J. And that's what they stand for. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is how you tweet at us. But if you want to say something that is longer than the tweet gods allow you to say, then you can use 
Gmail or email, whatever mail you have, to contact us at our email address, which is... Email at zerocredits.net. That's right, zerocredits.net, the fancy domain name that will take you nowhere. It's the domain with no name, a horse in the desert, so don't try to Google it, but you can email it. Um, you can also find them on the Spotify. Apple Podcasts and the Spotify and the other sources that you use to listen to podcasts. We are there. Wait, what do you use? I use Spotify. Okay. I'm one of them good Spotify listener boys. So that means you search for us, at least probably the first time, by typing in zero credit, open parenthesis, as close parenthesis, to find us in the, in the podcast section on Spotify, right? Yes, I did. That is exactly what I did. Don't forget those parentheses. It's like a video game. Zero credit, open parentheses, S, close parentheses. Uh, it's great. It's a great listening experience. And if you had a great listening experience, you should like or review because that is important. You gotta, you gotta tell your friends, tell the people who also have the, the, the streaming Spotify, <laughs> streaming podcast networks to let them know Zero Credits boys are doing a good job. P.S. I'm a Zero Credits girl, but this is temporary, so don't worry about it. Um, uh, tell the people, not just on the typey type, but also with your mouthy words. So tell your friends over the phone uh, or through a direct message that they're cool. Um, or yell it at them from six feet away that Zero Credits podcast is something you enjoy, and maybe they will enjoy it too. Who knows? Not them until they give it a try, so they might as well give it a try. And I think I did them all. And what a great job you did. Oh boy, what a lie. What? No. <laughs> I would never lie in this voice that I put on for the end of the episode. Is it weird that, like, I start the episode with, like, an announcer voice, then drop to my normal voice, and then at the end of the episode, I'm like, And from everyone here at the Zero Credit Studios, we want to wish you a happy week! Happy week, y'all! Is it weird that I do that? Um, no. I think you would, I think you would be tired doing that, and I would be tired of hearing it oh, okay. for a full hour straight. Okay. Well, from everyone here at the Zero Credits, five bathroom, six bedroom. Seven sink. Wait a second. We usually say that because we were casting from two apartments. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is the Zero Credits, two bedroom, two bathroom. No. Studios. It's too late. They've already formed. Oh. They're glomming on. The reality is opening up and splitting, and our apartment is growing into the ether as we speak. It's gonna swallow us. Oh no, what have you done?
You never said bye. But we fell into the void. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>